Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another edition of Children of Song. As most of you know, Children of Song is the podcast that explores what it must have been like to grow up surrounded by music. Some of our guests are the sons and daughters of music stars. Some of them began making music when they were so young that they can hardly remember a time when music wasn't in their lives. But all of them are children of song. I'm your host, Robert K. Orman, and I'm joined today by my producer, Brad Newman. Welcome back, Brad. Thank you, Robert. Well, this is going to be fun this afternoon, Robert, because we have with us a young artist who really is a a child of song. Um, She's kind of blowing it up on YouTube. Uh, the world is yet to really discover her, but um, she's got a, a couple of famous people that have that have helped her grow up, and she's going to be, I think, a real force to reckon with. Our guest today is Allie Colleen, the daughter of Garth Brooks, and she is here, and I'm going to tell you folks, you are in for a treat. I live in a neighborhood that's near a university called Belmont, and out of Belmont University have graduated Brad Paisley, Leanne Womack. Trisha Yearwood. I mean, just tons and tons of great musicians have come out of this school. And I am lucky enough to live in the middle of those students. And one of them is with us here today. Welcome, Allie Colleen. Thank you very much. That's great. You are a third generation music family. I mean, your grandmother, Colleen Carroll. on the Ozark Jubilee and on Capitol Records as an artist back in the 50s and 60s. Is that right? Sounds right. Right? Yeah. What was her voice like? You know, I just heard her voice for the first time a couple weeks ago, and it just it just felt like home. It was really bellowy, and it, and it kind of felt like butter, and yeah. it, was, um, it was really cool. Do people compare you to her vocally? A lot of people don't know that, that my grandma sang, mm-hmm. um, and so I've, I've never been compared to her. I've been cared, I've been compared to my father's voice, but never my grandma's. My dad thinks that I'm my grandma through and through, all the way. Does he? Yeah. So he, he likes to, when I sing, he likes to just sit back and close his eyes because he feels like he gets to be with his mom again. I will tell you a story with about her that you'll probably like. Uh, I was at the Grand Ole Opry, and uh, her, your dad was there, and his mother, Colleen, was there with him. And they brought down the curtain between the shows, and I said to Colleen, I said, would you like to go stand on the circle of wood? where Patsy Cline stood on the Opry stage, and she said to me, I have stood on that circle with Patsy Cline. <laughs> she's so ornery. Isn't that great? Like, I love her. I love everything about her. I think she's phenomenal, and she is. She's, she's got a kick to her. She's got a bite for sure, but she's yeah. She's so cool. Was Daddy Goff Brooks in, encouraging to you to learn the guitar? How, how old were you when, you when you began to pick up the guitar? Um, my dad got me a guitar for probably my... 11th 10th or 11th birthday really um and I just kind of stared at it for a couple of years you didn't pick it up right away Mm-mm, not at all it was very hard for me um and then every time my dad would try and teach me I would scream at him and tell him that he didn't know what he was talking about <laughs> um so I he actually got me uh I took voice lessons for a while at a, at a performance studio um 
as a kid just so I could play out more and things like that. And um, they had a guitar teacher there. And so they put me in that when I was a freshman in high school. Now, you're the youngest, right? Yes. Are, are the older kids Not at all. into it? Any? You're the one. You're the only one that picked yep. it up? Yep. They, it's not really their thing. Why do you think that is, that it was you? I have no idea, but I'm honored. Yeah. I'm very grateful. I can't, I can't do anything else, that's <laughs> for sure. So. Was it easy? To guitar, pick no. No, it's very hard for me. Was it? Um, it's not. To this day, it's not very easy, and I struggle a lot with, like, finding new melodies mm -hmm. and, and things like that. It's it's very hard for me. What's the first record you ever bought on your own? On my own? Mm-hmm. Probably, probably Taylor Swift's first album. Think so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A good family friend of ours um, toured with her and was her manager, and so she kind of showed the CD to us, and I just fell in love with Taylor. I thought so she, she was awesome. she was one of your idols? Um, I just thought she was incredible music-wise, and I thought doing it at the age that she did was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, the music she played isn't necessarily me, so I, not from a playing aspect, but just from just from going and doing what she wanted, I thought was, was really Was it the cool. idea that she wrote her own songs? Was that appealing to her? It was the idea that she wrote her own songs, and it was the idea that she could take all of these just personal things that had happened to her and could relate it to hundreds of thousands of girls around the world to make it feel like that song was written strictly for them. Mm -hmm. My first boyfriend's name was Drew, ah! and that's teardrops <laughs> on my guitar, and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. You, you, um... You, you might not have picked up the guitar right away, but you wrote a lot of poetry when you were a kid, mm -hmm. from what I read, right? I mean, yes. did, were songs coming out of that, too? Yes, I wrote a lot of poetry. I started writing poetry um, around 8, and then I think I started writing songs about 12. What was the early songs like, were, were they? They were you about still, boys. They you, were just silly songs they, about boys. You don't sing any of them cute. anymore? No, not anymore. <laughs> My first song that I wrote on guitar, I was 14, and I, I still play that song every now and then. Let's hear a little bit of it. All right. <clears throat> he opens up his mind. Every synchronizing thought untwines. He opens up his aching past to times way back. He sets them free. He lets the words flow, streaming as his pen just goes. He writes about a girl who sings sweet melodies. She sets him free, sweet melodies, sweet melodies, sweet melodies, sweet Cool. Yeah. Basically just a chorus of two words. It's very it. nice, though. You Thank have a wonderful you. voice. Thank you. I really, I'm tickled. Thank you. You're a child of divorce, which is hard for anybody. Was it hard for you as it is for most kids? I wouldn't say so. No? Um, we had probably the greatest system anyone ever had from the age of five or six until, you know, I, I moved out of the house. We switched every day at six o'clock. So it was literally every day? Every day, because my parents wanted us to see both parents every day. Wow. Um, and it was frustrating when I didn't know where my science book was or where the jeans were that I wanted to wear the next day. But other than that, you know, it was phenomenal. I got to hang out with all three of my parents every day, and it was wow. really cool. How about your stepmom, Trisha Yearwood? Was she was She's she my bonus mom. She's your bonus mom? <laughs> uh -oh. She's phenomenal. Talk about a singer. Oof. Oh, my gosh. Was that intimidating to be growing up around a singer that good? 
I wouldn't say it was intimidating, but it was very inspiring and it was it was very um very cool to have someone like that to confide in. I know I would really be mad when I would sing songs like Strawberry Wine and, and Kelly Clarkson songs when I was young and I couldn't quite hit them and I couldn't get there and she and she would be like, Honey, I couldn't sing that song at your age either. You know, it's your muscles are your voice is a muscle and it's mm -hmm. gonna, you know, get stronger as you get stronger and older and, and it was very very cool to have her to confide in in that way. Yeah, you've written some songs about your family. Uh, like uh, I'm thinking of "Thank You for the Song." Mm -hmm. Isn't that one of the one? Yes. How did, tell us about writing that. So, "Thank You for the Song" I wrote with one of my good friends, Carlene Watt, and we. I came to her with the idea just about a song that was probably full of lyrics from other songs. You know, just respecting those songs and like that kind of tribute thing. And Carlene's parents um, did a lot of, of, of music, um, Broadway and theater and stuff like that, and her parents gave that up to raise her and her sisters in the same way that, that my dad and my bonus mom gave up um, their careers to raise us. Um, mm -hmm. And so we wanted to write it in a different way, as in thank you for the song, as in thank you for the songs that, that we heard from you and through you, both of other artists and yourself, as well as just... Um, the songs that he wrote that made me want to be a songwriter. How's it go? And my dad did not mm -hmm. sing around the house. I had to sneak around the house at night to hear him. So that's kind of <laughs> what it's about. Oh, interesting. Listening to Children of Song. I'm Robert K. Orman and I'm joined by my producer Brad Newman. And today we're spending some time with a new singer songwriter here in Nashville named Allie Colleen. And I, for one, am super impressed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, you made a pact with your dad that you would not pursue this professionally until you had your degree, right? Mm -hmm. And now you've got that degree. I've got it. Yes. <laughs> I've got it. And I'm, I'm so excited and I'm not really sure what to do. And um, so it's, it's a really exciting journey right now for me. Um, I have most of my dates booked up through August at this point. Um, just playing, um, are you going out as a solo? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Good just, for you. Always just me and my guitar. I, I, I find that Nashville is incredible in the way that there's so much music, but we're a little spoiled with music here in Nashville and it's, it's so interesting to go to other States and play for those people who, who normally just get, you know, a DJ at night when they go out. And so I play a lot in, in Kentucky and, and going to be in Florida and Texas and um, I think as far as Canada this summer, so I'm really excited. 
Wow. I'm really excited. This is your first time to do this, right? Um, I've started doing it kind of this last semester. Um, I mean, I've played in Nashville for the last two years, and that's been incredible. I play at Scoreboard Barn Grill, and it's it's like Disneyland for me. Um, Randy so Travis started there. That's so a lot that's, of out-of-town visitors listening to you out there, right? It is. Scoreboard's actually a lot of more locals than you would think. It's probably about half the bar is local and half of them are visitors, but it's mm-hmm. so cool, and almost all of them come, um, they say, to hear me. I don't know if it's true or not, but they've been so kind and so welcoming, and it's that's been a dream. It's do you do all original thing. material out there, or do you do covers as well? Um, I do a three-hour set, so we do a lot of covers. Who do you um, do? What kind of songs do you do? I do a lot of Cody Johnson, and I do a lot of Mike Ryan. Um, we love Cody. He's been on. Cody is the Cody's greatest been on the show. thing yes, on he earth. Has. Mm-hmm. Um, Stone Heart was actually written with Cody um, and Ashley McBride in mind. Ashley McBride, she's one of my favorites. She's No, she's the most phenomenal thing I just ever. love her. She's so talented. Yeah. yeah. So Stoneheart... So pop songs, they feature duets in a cool way where you get a character that's, you know, in the song that kind of comes in and they get to, you know, speak their piece. And it's really cool. And the features in country have mainly been um, like Lauren Elena and um, Maren Morris coming in and doing like harmony parts, Mm -hmm. not so much features, you know. And so we wanted to write a song where a character got to come in and speak their piece and then she was gone. She wouldn't come back. Uh And so we wrote kind of your cowboy trucker song. Um, where, you know, he's not going to stay and she doesn't know why. And, you know, he's not going to answer a call. So she actually has to leave him like a voicemail. I did it on GarageBand. It sounds really cool. Um, <laughs> but usually I just sing it by myself. But, yeah, Cody and Ashley. So it would start with a male lead and then she'll come in. Just another road. Another way to keep myself alone She swore she could make me stay I'll never stay I don't know what I'm running from But I point these wheels to that horizon sun Some say it's a lonely road But I'm better off on my own She'll never know the fire she set In this old cowboy's bones our name danced like a flame burning her memory in my veins she wasn't afraid at all to fall to take a chance to risk it all girl if i could change you know i would i've got a stone heart and lead foot you know like i said he won't answer her calls and and he won't call her back so she just gets a voicemail I woke up alone, same old cliche, you came walking in just to ride away, cowboys never stay, you're just another song, a new face, you're just a scared boy, I ain't gonna chase, enjoy your high road, I'll take the heartbreak, she'll never Like a flame burning her memory in my veins. She wasn't afraid at all to fall, to take a chance, to risk it all. Girl, if I could change, you know I would. I've got a stone hardened lead foot.
What a line, a stone heart and a lead foot. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> we were talking before the show about your desire not to trade on the fact that you you have famous parent, famous mm-hmm. parent. Um, tell us, talk about that a little bit, about making it on your own and making it on your own merits a little bit. Well, I think the number one question I, I get asked is what it's like to grow up, um, you know, with my parents and, and with a famous a celebrity um, mother and father figure, and and I honestly I don't I don't know what that's like, you know my parents were phenomenal in the way that they shut down everything to raise us, and so there was and, no showbiz about the house at all. No, not at all. I mean we you know we came home, we did our homework, we we played outside, we got disciplined, you know we we were rowdy kids, and we just we loved being outside, and and I I mean. Yes, my dad had functions sometimes, and yes, there were really fun nights where we got to dress up, you know, and go out and and do something really cool that a lot of other kids didn't get to do. But I mean, aside from aside from those kind of things, it's I don't I don't know what it's like to have a celebrity parent. My dad was there every night. If he wasn't, it was maybe two nights. You know, it's I don't I don't know anything like that. And so it's it's, it's and he doesn't a, and he doesn't try to to. Push you now, or not pull in strings, any way. or do anything like that. Not do you ever try to make you not do it, or warn you about it? Because um, well, that a lot of the thing was, oh well, if she goes to college, you know, she'll find something else that she wants to do. She won't, you know, that kind of thing. I think, I mean, Dad wants me to do whatever I want to do for sure, um, no question about it, and he would never force me to change my mind by any means. But, but um, I think he just wanted me to be happy, and I don't think he knew at eight years old that I knew what I wanted to do, but I did. But you did. Yeah. I did, and I want to do this so bad. You've been smart about getting your music out there online, uh, like a lot of young people do, I think. Um, uh, Close Enough is one of the songs that's out there. Tell, t- what's the inspiration behind the writing of that? Close Enough was one of those God-given songs, um, and I don't mean that in any kind of boastful way. Um, God literally wrote that song for me. It took about five minutes. Really? Um, yeah, I was in a I was in a just a bad place, and I just needed him. Um, and I just I uh, I felt like I just felt like I needed him. And and I have a I have a good friend. His name's Cooper, and Cooper's one of those friends that's almost never sober. He's always doing something rowdy, and he's just one of those kids. And he kind of wandered into the dorms one night, and he he looked at me and he put his fingers together um, like you'd pinch salt, and he goes, "Did you know?" That no matter how hard you squeeze your fingers together, there's still room in there. And then he just kind of laughed and he just kind of walked off. He doesn't remember any of it. And um, and I just thought about the just the idea of never being able to get close enough to something. Hmm. And that's very much how I felt my relationship with God was um, at the time. I just didn't feel like since there was no one tangible there, you know, wrapping their arms around me, I felt like that relationship had a separation there, and I didn't like it. And and I just prayed, and that song came out, and it was so cool, and I love that song. Um, so this is close enough. Strong, I can be strong, but God, if I break, take me in your arms, hold me me safe and when nightmares leave me scared whisper to my soul say dry your tears your father is here God never let 
you know, Belmont University has graduated, you know, the Josh Turners of the world and the Florida Georgia lines. And were you aware of that when you were there at school, that the, that the school had a heritage of, of producing people who later became successful? I mean, I knew my bonus mom went there and... Mm-hmm. Damn, that woman can sing. <laughs> she sure you know, can. And Trisha, when she her. was a receptionist on Music Row, <laughs> and and she can sing, and and I did, I knew it because they, you know, they got the plaques everywhere. They've got the 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 platinum albums. They've got everything everywhere, you know, to show. Um, at the school. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, at Belmont, um, and then in studios A and B. Um, I mean, I my the songwriting class that I was in, the curtains were donated, you know, by Dolly. Dolly Parton, and it was just like, she's touched these. Like, everything about Belmont was very magical. Um, So do you think you learned more about the music business by going there, which you're just immersed in it as as a student of it, but you have also experienced it a little bit firsthand now. mm -hmm. You've been out, you've sung back up at your dad's show a couple of times. You've been out on your own a couple of times. Do you learn more from the experience at Belmont or from the doing? Or is it two different things? I think it's everything in life is that way. You're Mm going to learn when you do it, you know, um, that kind of thing. Like, you can read a recipe 400 times, but until you've made whatever you're making, you know, it's you're not really sure how to do it and Mm -hmm. it's um, or how it's going to turn out, you know, and that kind of thing. And I think there's so many elements that are in the real world that are so much more educational than what you would learn in a classroom. But I will say that Belmont did a phenomenal job in how they did their courses I was kind of silly. I was really excited to learn about them. So I took most of my major publishing and copyright law and all that stuff my freshman and sophomore year. So most people do that really later. I remember it now. <laughs> I yeah, right. I know it. So, so that was silly on my part. And I was just so eager to take those classes. I took almost my core classes before my gen eds, which was silly. But, oh. but I would always say hands on is, is fantastic. But Belmont puts you in a lot of hands on situations, which is also really cool. Well, I learned about the business before there was a Belmont to, to graduate from. You know, I always, always joke that the kids come out of Belmont knowing what the clauses are in a publishing contract or yes. a recording contract, and I learned it in the beer halls. There you <laughs> so, go. <laughs> and I'm sure it stuck with you more than it stuck with me. Um, At the beginning of the show when I was talking, when I was doing the introduction, you were playing a little tantalizing little instrumental bit that goes with one of your songs that I is a particular favorite of, of mine. It's called Neverland, and so... Talk a little bit about that song, and then let's. Since we've already heard a little taste of it at the beginning of the show, you have to so tell Neverland, us. Neverland's about a boy, you know. Um, he's a. There's just a boy who we just never seemed to be into each other at the right time, you mm-hmm. know that kind of thing. And so Neverland is this idea that, you know, there are these relationships in our life that are incredible, and they're and they're meant to shape us, and and they're supposed to happen, no doubt, but they're not really supposed to last. And Neverland is where those relationships would last. And this is Neverland. This is Neverland. I've always been kind of strange I swore the thunder called my name On nights like these I count the stars I lay here and wonder where you out after dark just to lay in your car and 
And I just can't forget the way A stranger's lips Could take my breath away And you always said It would always be me But you never said Why you had to leave So take me to Neverland Where twilight is never ending the sun and the moon ever dancing through the evenings take me to neverland that wanderlust strip me of my bones take me to neverland where you Ali Colleen, folks, and I, it's been a pleasure getting to know your music. It's really, really, really good. Thank you. It's your daddy, honor. Garth Brooks, and your bonus mom, Trisha Yearwood, must be bonus proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I sure hope so. Thanks for spending the time with us. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, we want to welcome you to the B-Side. Here's a chance for us to have a little fun and tell one last story. As Allie was packing things up, we asked her what was the best musical experience she had ever shared with her dad, the one and only Garth Brooks. Wait for it, it's not what you'd expect. Probably singing Crocodile Rock. It's yeah. our favorite song. <laughs> tell, yeah. me, tell me about that. Just, you know, the kind of themes and the voices that Elton John kind of takes on when he sings, you know, when he gets these little characters and, and getting to see dad as something other than a cowboy was really cool. Um, and just seeing him get all excited and doing those la-la-las and everything and just everything about it, I just loved it. And it was so much fun and it was so cool and we'd just roll the windows down and we'd go and we'd sing and and that was really the, the closest thing that Dad and I had to singing together. I mean, if, if Dad and I were going to bond, we he'd make me go build something in the backyard, you know, or we'd... We'd play soccer, we'd play backyard baseball. We we didn't do a lot of music stuff at home, which I thought was kind of weird, but, I mean, we never missed out on having fun, that was for sure. Crocodile rock. La, 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 la. I know, I got in the car the other week with my sister, and my niece goes, Mom, play the La La song. And I was like, oh, my gosh, not another troll song. Like, I'm done. And they she turned on Crocodile Rock, and Carolyn just sang it, and I cried, and it was the funnest thing. Next up, Larry Gatlin invites us into his man cave for a candid conversation where he talked about almost singing for Elvis, finding gold in California with his brothers, and standing up for the homeless, even if that meant alienating some fans and losing some performance dates along the way. Never a stranger to controversy or shy about speaking his mind, the Grand Ole Opry star is sure to entertain on the next Children of Song the podcast everyone's talking about. Till next time, I'm Brad Newman. Thanks for listening. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.